Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, All 7 Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair Media Network. The first week of bowl games is in the books, and it ended with a bang. It is I, Rob Paul. A.K., one of many who missed on Dwayne Haskins. And with me, as always, is A.J. Don't draft Ohio State quarterbacks, Marchese. That that was literally what I was about to say. <laughs> We've mind-melded. I'm um, Actually, I'm Charles Xavier, like Aaron Rodgers. And, and I'm Magneto? Today we'll break down our 2021 NFL draft superlatives from the first week of bowl games. Hell yeah! Let's do it. Seven. 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 rounds in heaven with my baby. Driving up to Cleveland, maybe. Looking for a Lawrence or Sewell. Don't draft specialists on the first day. Don't draft specialists on the second day. Maybe draft a punter in the six. We'll see. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect, with many teams strutting their stuff. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads, totals, to team and player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today. Use promo code armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet online, your online sports book experts. You know who else is taking advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses, AJ? Uh, the players who are declaring. Yes, because they're signing up to play in the NFL by declaring for the draft. And we got a whole heap of them this week, AJ. I will read through them all. <laughs> Like you love. I'm excited. Okay. UNC running back Javante Williams. Oregon State running back Jamar Jefferson. Florida receiver Kadarius Toney. Florida receiver Trevon Grimes. Stanford receiver Simi Fajoko. USC offensive lineman Elijah Vera Tucker. Missouri offensive lineman Larry Borum. Penn State edge rusher Jason Owet. Tulsa linebacker Zavin Collins. Boston College linebacker Isaiah McDuffie, Georgia corner Eric Stokes, Florida corner Marco Wilson, Northwestern corner Greg Newsom II, and Minnesota corner and Canadian Benjamin St. Just, I don't know how to say that. Anyway, AJ, 
who gets your your bones shaking the most? <laughs> the hey, good a uh, good question because you know who shakes the most bones? Kadarius Tony when he makes guys miss. And obviously, I've been a huge Tony fan all season long. Uh, huge riser, obviously through the process. I think he's got a chance to be a first round pick. And uh, if he goes there, I would be very happy. I, I think one of those teams at the back end of the first round that could use another. You know, chess piece on offense. Uh, I've seen a mock to the Chiefs, which would scare me too much. The Packers would also scare me and a great fit. One of those teams, I would love to see them uh, kind of jump on them. And, and kind of interestingly, I think it's going to be like come come um, come the process. Him versus Rondale Moore, I think it's going to be kind of an, a fun little debate. Obviously, Rondale Moore, super productive, went on the field yeah. versus Tony kind of a bit bit player for three years and then explodes into one of the, the scariest playmakers in the country. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I think I think people are kind of, I don't know, like I, I don't know where people are on more right now. And I think, I think you know, people are going to re-fall in love with him again. And, uh, hey, Tony, uh, Tony's helped himself so much. Um, obviously, Tony... Grimes and Wilson join join uh, Kyle Pitts in opting out of the bowl game and declaring. And we were talking before the show how uh, the the Cotton Bowl between Florida and Oklahoma opened with Florida as three point favorites, and in like less than twenty four hours, yep. it has flipped to the Sooners being two and a half point favorites. <laughs> That's, it kind of sucks, but yeah, I I think we're both going to pick the Sooners anyways. So. I'm just interested to see how much uh, this impacts Kyle Trask. This is, I mean, every everyone, including us, point out how much those mm-hmm. those three receivers, their pass catchers, uh, do for him. So seeing him without them will be very interesting for the evaluation process. I heard actually the, the line went to three, and then when Marco Wilson declared, it went back down to two and a half. Sorry, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... For me, the most interesting guy to pull out of this uh, this mess of names here might be Jason Away because mm-hmm. w- with him we're gonna have the conversation of production versus pro- uh, like projection yep. because he's a freak of nature. He was on Bruce Feldman's freaks list before the season. Um, obviously, as a rotational piece last year, playing behind um, uh, Shakatoni and. Um, Wow, blank in AJ. Yitzer Grasmatas. Uh he he was like very impactful. Uh this year he finally becomes a starter. Doesn't come away with any sacks. Puts up good numbers, and if you watch the games you could see how much he was actually impacting the game. But six five, two fifty, and apparently like runs a, a sub four five. So he I think will be one of the most interesting guys uh through the process, just with that lack of production, but obviously such a high ceiling. Um and then I, I mean Zaven Collins. That's kind of, that's yeah. one of the dudes. Like like Tony, I think he, he like Tony Zaven Collins, Zach Wilson are like three of the five biggest risers this season, probably. Yeah, no, for sure. That's that's a good list. And just quickly going back to OA and, and just in general, I wonder like like those, those type of players who you know you see all the talent and uh, they usually go really high as edge rushers, especially. But not the most production. They're so boomer bust, like, and we've seen so many of those guys bust. But we've seen we've seen the guys pan out too. So yeah, it's going to be a really interesting uh, debate with with Owe. And uh, like I don't know, I wouldn't be shocked if he if he wriggles up into the first round. Oh, I think I think he's a 
more likely a first round pick than not uh, yeah. at this point. No, that's, um, a, that's a fair point. But but uh, it's yeah, it's the question of is he Dion Jordan or is he Danielle Hunter? Yeah, exactly. Um, and then uh, obviously. I mentioned Javante Williams right off the top too. He he's a guy who uh, he might be in that top five risers conversation as well, just because mm-hmm. um, he's he's probably going to be the the third or fourth back, probably the third back off the board to be honest. Looking like it right now, that that's for sure. I mean, we know we know this this mess. Uh, the class is a bit of a mess after the top two, but like uh, yeah, like I don't think he's a slam dunk as the as RB three right now, but um, I think he's in the driver's seat for it. The more I watch him, the more I've moved him up my board. He is currently my fourth running back. After Gainwell? Um, behind. No, sorry. Uh, fifth running back. After, yeah, Gainwell. Michael, I have Michael Carter above him, but I'm just... It was, it I'm, was a, you always I'm fascinated have Michael with Michael Carter. Carter. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't think but it's a bad I, I take, think that's though. pretty... I like Michael Carter. I think that's pretty... I think that's pretty clearly the the top five running backs. Though is Javante Williams, Michael Carter, Najee Harris, Kenneth Gainwell, and Travis Etienne. I think Gainwell's an interesting conversation mm-hmm. be, because obviously he didn't play. Um, he's he's a little small. So is Michael Carter though. So yep. I don't know. I, I I think that's probably why Javante Williams ends up the third back off the board though, is because he he more fits the mold of that every down guy. He catches the ball well for a bigger yeah. back. Like you, you can you can watch him and think this guy could be a a a cream hunt per, perhaps on day two. Yeah, no, that that's a that's a very good evaluation there, Robert. I know I'm I'm fucking good at this. Um, I think let me see. I'm just reading Stokes, Wilson, and Newsom are all really interesting ones too with the corner group there. Um, I think Stokes is a sneaky potential top 50 pick i agree yeah. uh newsom's a, a a sneaky top 100 pick and then marco wilson is a guy with a big name who i don't even <laughs> know if is worth a draft pick <laughs> i'm gonna say like stokes is kind of like that classic you know like a safer corner that, that goes between uh 33 and 50 you know yeah he like we're gonna label him plug and play yeah Things like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, obviously, Vera Tucker is a, a, a guy who I think could potentially be a first-round pick. Um, potential first interior offensive lineman off the board. Another guy who will be labeled as plug-and-play. A lot of good names declaring. Lots of names declaring, though. And and lots of names transferring, and that's going to be a whole mess in itself uh, with the transfer portal and scholarship limits and the super senior year. And, I mean, we've already got – we talked about – I mean, maybe not on show, but, like, Kenny Pickett, super senior, <laughs> Levi Lewis, super senior, Dierre King, super senior. That's, like, three relatively big names at quarterback going back for that free year. We're seeing your boy Bailey Zapp, who we talked about on the show which feels like a year ago now. I know. Yeah. After his huge his huge performances with Houston Baptist, he's now jumped to Western Kentucky. And we're seeing. I, I'm. I find the transfer portal so interesting, and I can't. Uh, I it's, just. 
It's going to be a super interesting year in college football next year with all the player movement and the player unmovement. <laughs> super seniors. And I think with this draft classes, I think we're going to see a lot of guys declaring, and we have seen a lot of guys declare who maybe shouldn't be declaring, which is something that happens obviously every year, and it's always been trending up. Yeah. But uh, I think even more so this year, just guys, which rightfully so, if they think they, they, they've got a chance to, to kind of cashing sooner than later, what, like why wouldn't you? Jacob Sermon transferred to Central Michigan? Whoa. That's actually kind of sick. Maction, baby. Sorry, I've now, I've now opened the transfer transfer. No. Tanner Mordecai, Tanner Mordecai is going to SMU. Really? I didn't know. That's kind of fun, actually. Never open the transfer portal during the show, Rob. Now we, now we can never close it. Okay, wait. Let me give you one more. Oh, no. Go ahead. Okay. Quincy Patterson. You know Quincy Patterson, the Virginia Tech quarterback? Yeah. He's going to North Dakota State. Okay, well, that, that's kind of cool, too. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Hendon well, we already knew Grant Canal's going to... Um, we already know Grant Canal's going to uh, Memphis and, and Chase Bryce is going to App State. So, Perfect, perfect landing spots for those guys. Um, I could do this all day. Ooh, Anthony Russo's going to Michigan State? Oh, I didn't know. That's kind of... Okay, okay, we got to close the transfer portal. <laughs> okay, I'm coming back to it later on my own time. Your new nickname is Dr. Strange. Oh. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> Okay, we, we obviously we've had uh, the the first week of bowl games are in the books. Uh, no, no power five, uh, no power five teams. But that makes this show even more interesting with our NFL draft superlatives, focusing on some some guys we never really talk about. Maybe well, and one guy we talked about a lot. But uh, for the <laughs> most part, uh, I, 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 grade the grade that first week of bowl games uh, on a scale of one to ten for me, AJ. Uh, a scale of one to what? 10. Oh, I heard 7 and it threw me off. Uh, I'm going to give it a, a 7. How about that? Um, I'm giving it a 10. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some of them were, were not very fine, but okay. <laughs> uh, I, well, wrong. All I remember is the Liberty Coastal Carolina one, so. I, I only remember the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. So. All right, let's start with best freshman. Uh, I've got I've got three. How many do you have? I have two. You can you can uh, run point. Go ahead. Okay, I'm am running the point and I'm passing the ball to uh, a virtual point guard for Coastal Carolina, Grayson McCall. Who, yeah, they lost to Liberty. I don't care. He was making some big boy throws, and I think we've seen that in spurts this year. And he he's just played so far beyond. Uh, being a freshman, man, like you would never have known. Uh, he's just been so composed, and and another game where he's almost 100 yards on the ground and a touchdown, and like he knows when to use his legs, and he obviously uses them well. Uh, I, I swear to God, it, it was his first, after his first game. I mentioned Grayson McCall because I remember watching that that game for some reason. I think Grant Wells too is falling apart. But that's actually a good point. <laughs> McCall's only gotten better and better, and you know, Wells started nice and kind of sputtered with that Marshall squad. But anyways. Uh, what, 318 yards, three touchdowns, he threw a pick too. Uh, but McCall was pretty great, and, and you got to be really excited about Coastal Carolina going forward, as long as Chadwell's there, which he is. 
I will stick. I will stick with a quarterback in the South as well. Uh, how about Cornelius Brown of Georgia State? Um, helped lead that win over Western Kentucky. Threw for three touchdowns. Ran for forty yards. He's a bit of a slender man. Yeah. He's uh, I mean, he's listed at six five, two hundred, and he is thin as hell. But I thought he showed off some impressive arm talent. You yep. saw the mobility. Uh, redshirt freshman, and Georgia State's a program that's like surprisingly been pretty good as of late and he looks like the future for the next three years and the arm the size the athleticism he's a, he's a guy to keep an eye on oh no that's a good one i i didn't put him down but he was definitely uh intriguing i, I don't think it was a super super impressive game but it was definitely a, a good game and they just kind of handled their business um hey i'm gonna go with a guy that we've or I've, i mentioned multiple times isaac rex the byu tight end who uh dropped that yeah. e- like the one in the end zone early but it wasn't an easy catch. Kind of, kind of short armed in. It was a little behind, but he should have had. It. Anyways, after that, he was, he was a beast. Had ninety six yards, two touchdowns, five catches. I think he's been the most impressive BYU pass catcher this season. I know Dax Milne's had his moments and Romney, but, but I think for, for an actual NFL draft perspective, I, I think Isaac Rex in the future obviously is is the dude there. BYU's produced a lot of tight ends the last couple of years, and we went into this season talking about Bushman, and obviously he got hurt before the year. Yep. And you'd think losing a guy who's been as impactful as Bushman over the last couple of years would impact them, and it didn't at all because Isaac Rex stepped in and was immediately productive. Yeah, it, that's a really good point. I almost forgot about Bushman, which kind of kind of sucks for him because he's definitely trending towards being drafted. Yeah. Um, I also had Isaac Rex, but my final one is Georgia Southern corner, Derek Canteen, who had a pick in the Louisiana Tech game. Um, he, he was on the athletics list for freshman All-American, uh, four picks, nine pass deflections this year. And, and Georgia Southern, obviously, I mean, um, they had, they had, uh, Vin, Vinder, oh my gosh, Vindel, uh, AJ, I can't speak, Vindel K- Kendall Kinder, v- I'm saying his name, Kent. Kendallville. Yeah, look, I'm all mixed. Yes, thank you. Last year, and they've they've got like Georgia Southern's developed good defensive backs under Chad yep. Lunsford, um, and so he he's a he's a guy I think to watch. No, that, that's that's a good one. Um, moving to sophomore, I I have a lot, so you you run the point here. <laughs> what else is new? Really, I didn't think there were that many. I just put. Uh, a pair of UTSA uh, yep. sophomore playmakers and in, in ru- running back Sincere McCormick and receiver Zachary Franklin. And they obviously lost to Louisiana, but, I mean, McCormick was one of the best running backs in college football this season. And he compact, but really, really yep. uh, angry running style, bounces off tacklers. He's, I think, a, a legitimate NFL guy to watch. And this is Zachary Franklin's already third all time, and obviously UTSA has not been around that long, but he's already third all time in receiving yards for a career. Um, and he had that big touchdown, high pointed one in the end zone. Uh, they both topped a hundred total or a hundred yards, and um, I don't know UTSA, kind of interesting team. Um, obviously, like. Their quarterback Frank Harris is really fun to watch too. I, yep. I like that team. And, and they, yeah, I mean they they were playing without head they were playing without head coach uh, Jeff Trailer, and, and they still put up a fight with Louisiana. 
No, I I, I put uh, Franklin and McCormick, and yeah, I liked I liked what I saw from uh, McCormick a lot. I think I had Franklin earlier in the year here, to be honest. Uh, my 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 sophomores here. I'll, I'll go I'll go a deeper cut, and then I'll go to the bigger name guys. Uh, how about Aust? Oh, I can't say his name. Austin Ugenmakin, who's the UNT wide receiver, six three two zero one. Uh, which is kind of the guy in the UNT passing game. Made a lot of big plays. Had that uh, I don't know that the short post catch and run touchdown for them. Had 131 yards, seven catches. Uh, I thought he was interesting as a low, like like any other week. I would never mention him, but for this week, he's worth mentioning. And uh, to go to the bigger name guys, uh, how about how about the BYU back Tyler Algier? What 19 carries, 173 yards, a touchdown. He's looked so good all year. Um, He's I don't know both both BYU backs I'll mention the other one later, kind of caught my eye and I, I know they've been so good all year and the offensive line is is great, um but yeah he he, he popped, um and I, I wonder if you didn't mention Cameron Peoples here because he's eligible technically for the draft, as a retro yeah, sophomore I did not okay you, you want to get into him now or do you want to save him because he was he was amazing <laughs> uh well. I, I had I had both uh, him and Carson Strong in different spots, even though they're sophomores, just because they're both registered sophomores. That, uh, yeah. Okay. You know what? We'll save. I have them both here. I'll, we'll we'll save the talk for them. Okay. I'll let you. I'll let you. That's what I kind of figured. Do you have any other sophomores? No. Th- those are those are my uh, my oh. six. I had six guys. So, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, well then I I ended up just putting because I mean half these games or most of these games are during the weekday, so I just put the three guys on Nevada who stood out to to me the most for weekday warrior because Nevada just feels like a weekday team uh, yeah. in general. So I I have Carson Strong, Cole Turner, and Toa Tawa here. Okay, I I you know I I gave it to one guy and I thought Toa Tawa was the guy, and uh, so let's start there. Because, man, he just felt like a warrior in this game. He, he runs his ass off. He tossed that dude at the goal line, which was awesome. And, I don't know, 5'9", 210, he's compact. He runs so hard. Uh, true junior, I, I believe, had over 100 yards and a touchdown. But you know what was really impressive? And, like, uh, Towers looked pretty good all year, but he was catching the ball really well. H- had the big touchdown on the uh, yeah. on that sick fake uh, reverse back to, to, to strong touchdown. Uh, but 77 yards on six catches. Uh, he, he really uh, – caught my eye for uh for that aspect of his game yeah i i think nevada's in good hands i thought jay norvell might get poached but it's not looking that way yeah all three of these guys are going to be back next year um obviously carson strong's the guy you were banging the table for last year and he his his uh kind of his draft type is built throughout this season um you you can see the arm talent six four two fifteen Big numbers as a as a Richard sophomore, twenty seven touchdowns, just four picks, um, and then Cole Turner is a former receiver, turn tight end, who was just a mismatch nightmare in this game. Yeah, and, and I, I said uh, we're just talking about these three. Romeo Dubes has been one of the best G five receivers this season. Yep, no, absolutely. This team is. I think they're going to win the conference next year because they're they're pretty loaded. Um, they went, yeah, yeah, they went seven and two this year. Obviously, they fell to San Jose State on that Friday night game for the shot at the Mountain West Championship. But the Spartans were a team of destiny this year with Nick Starkle. Next year, they get all four of these guys back. They're going to be one of the best G5 offenses, yeah. and I think G5 teams in general. Yeah. I think we both love Jay Norvell. Um, I think you're right. This is this is going to 
be the especially with Brian Harson leaving Boise State. I think Nevada is the team to beat in the Mountain West next year. Yeah, and I think they got a shot at New Year's uh, the New Year's Six Bowl spot there. And yeah, I, I put Cole Turner shooting up the board as my top guy because I don't know I enjoyed him the most. And like you said, converted wide receiver at, at 6'6", 240. I'm pretty sure he put like twenty five pounds uh, on on the frame in the offseason. And he yeah he he looks the part big time as a junior. Um, had had that sick juggling touchdown catch too. Uh, big time mismatch and, and still keeps that wide receiver movement. He he looks like um, I mean he's a junior. I, I don't I don't think he'll come out, but uh, he he looks like one of the top yeah. tight ends for next year. Yeah, no, he was just in in general college football. He's one of the best tight ends this season for yep. sure. Yep. Uh, and and you and you you bang that on the head with like. He he almost looks like a just a jumbo receiver. I think he could add more weight for sure. Yeah, um, he's, he he doesn't look two forty, and he moves so well in space. Yeah, I I, I he honestly he was my uh, favorite player over the first week of the Bulls. I think the Wolfpack are going to be uh, our team next year. What do you think? I think so, I think so too. Like listen to the way we're talking about him. We're already in love and. I've been we've been, oh I mean as a show we've been on the Carson Strong train for over a year now too so and uh, I Jay Norvell's been one of my yeah. favorite coaches and I think Arizona fucked up hiring <laughs> Chad Fish and not him so <laughs> big time yeah I, I, look honestly Norvell hundred percent should have got a job and uh, Jed Fish shouldn't have got a job but hey maybe we'll be wrong but no this this was big lucky for the Wolfpack that that they kept they kept Norvell so far we don't know yet but so far. Um, okay, moving to best prospect, let's stay yeah. out, out west. I think the uh, the most obvious choice has to be Zach Wilson. He's the only first-round guy who played in that kind of first week of bowl games. Um, and he dominated UCF. He ended up with uh, three touchdown passes, two rushing touchdowns, 425 passing. I think mostly everyone, it felt like, was watching this game against UCF, and it mm-hmm. was supposed to be like the the – event of the g5 bowls uh byu handled them 149 23 but people like twitter was just blown up with every you know classic zach wilson wows the throw he was making and uh it's seeming more and more likely he could be or will be the second quarterback off the board yeah i mean look justin fields has the game to shut all the zach wilson truthers up though and that it's going to come down to how he looks against Clemson. And, uh, like, that's why, like, I, I don't want to call Zach Wilson overhyped, but, like, you know, he had a performance against a bad de- – well, yeah, a bad defense missing all of their NFL talent. I'm not I'm not knocking Zach Wilson because he was, he was fantastic. It was just so easy for him out there. But, yeah, like, the yeah. UCF defense was so bad. Um, but, no, like, all the pieces are there. He's going top five, top ten at the very worst, which I, I don't think so. Uh, that QB2 debate, though – it's still wide open. And I know there, there, even before this game, though, there was a lot. Of, and even before Justin Fields' um, shaky uh, Northwestern performance, there was there was Zach Wilson QB2 people out there. And it's still pretty wide open. But uh, Fields has the last uh, the last say in this conversation. And it could go both ways because it's Clemson. But, yeah, to, to speak on Wilson more, um, man, that, that one laser touchdown down the side, too, was amazing. Like they just came out firing on the right like, sideline. Yeah, on the right sideline, and then like, and like, uh, just like you know the tricky plays that they've done so well all year. He's making all of those throws. 
that one guy on Twitter got goofed for for that for the nice out route that he threw that he got excited about. But it was a nice throw. Why not add that in here? Um, you know what though? I, there were a few throws where Wilson got a little cute on, where you know he dropped his arm slot and it just resulted in bad throws. Um, and I, I think you know he, he's that type of guy that to kind of to do those type of things. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And against UCF, it was working every single time. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited to see him side by side with Trey Lance, with Justin Fields, uh, at the combine, but I mean, it, like Zach Wilson didn't have a bad game this year. And obviously the, the level of competition he's playing against is much lower than that of, uh, a couple or not a couple, but most of the other quarterbacks. Um, but at the same time, we also have, uh, Trey Lance who, never even played in FBS yeah. defense. So both of them will be a really interesting conversation when you've got a guy like Justin Fields who's had an up and down year but clearly has all the physical tools you look for and has played against much better competition. I think you're right. Like the the Clemson game, win win or lose, if he has a really strong performance, it'll reignite some of that Justin Fields second quarterback off the board talk. Um I mean, uh more and more you're seeing in mock drafts, Zach Wilson go two to the Jets. Jets fans on Twitter want Zach Wilson, um, whereas Fields and uh, Lance are going in the back of the top ten. But yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Zach Wilson did exactly what he needed to do. He he was I think especially because BYU played right at the beginning of the year. That that's a team that kind of like got on everybody's radar right away because there was nobody else playing. Yeah. Uh, like he that was one of the the most fun non-power five quarterback seasons i can remember uh he like every game it, he would like like you mentioned the the right sideline touchdown every game it felt like he was making crazy throws like that he ends up with 43 touchdowns on the season um i i mean i'm i'm happy uh we, we got to see this wicked byu team lose to coastal carolina so <laughs> I, I like going back to your point there. I can't remember a more uh, fun and important uh, non power five quarterback year. Cause like, you know, we, we got a lot of guys that we, we have a lot of fun with, but aren't that relevant to the draft. But Zach Wilson clearly is more than relevant. So no, de- definitely. I, I can't remember a better year from a, from a non power five quarterback uh, that actually mattered in terms of the draft. And, I'm jumping to shooting up the board because, I mean, there's nobody else you could really put for best prospect this week. Jumping to shooting up the board, how about their left tackle, Brady Christensen, who I think yeah, he actually made first-team All-American. Um, he He's a guy who had an incredible season. That yeah. offensive line really set the tone. Like, Zach Wilson was rarely, rarely kind of beat up on outside of that Coastal game. And, and Brady Christensen was the guy who set the tone up front. He was just a people mover. He's a day two prospect at this point. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I don't want to call him a quiet riser um, because, you know, there's been a lot of attention on this BYU team, and uh, not especially the offensive line, but at the, the offensive line too. But, no, I, at this point, I, I, I definitely agree with you. He snuck into that day two, and he's been one of the best offensive linemen in the country. And, and like, you watched that UCF game. Obviously, you mentioned how they, they were without a lot of their, their NFL draft talent, especially on the back end. Yeah. But, like, he was just moving, guys. And you talked about Tyler Algiers' numbers already. Like, that offensive line was getting such a massive push. It felt like 
uh, Alju was like five yards downfield before yeah. the, a tackler would even touch him. Yeah, and exactly. That that comes back to Christensen. Christensen was so good in the run game this year. Um, he's only a junior though, so maybe he won't even declare. Uh, but I I assume he will. The tackle class is going to be one of the more interesting conversations. Outside, I think of the, I mean, outside of Panay Sewell, uh, Rashawn Slater, and Christian Darius, I think it's very open who the next yeah. seven are in line there. No, definitely. And you know what? Sticking with BOU, um, I thought the other running back, Laponi uh, Katoa, had a pretty nice game too. I put him straight off the board. It's only 21 yards on the ground, but he, he was great catching the football at 6'1, 210. Uh, I, that kind of came out of nowhere. He had, he had four catches for 90 yards, and he had that one. Uh, deep full extension diving grad that was awesome and just a nice little flick of the wrist from zach wilson put it out there and he he laid out laid out and plucked it and uh i, I know wilson is is the big one on this byu offense but I, they're going to return we'll, we'll see who who comes back but they're going to be good next year too the, the byu team isn't going anywhere yeah i mean uh... That that but yeah that running back combo I think is going to be their bread and butter next year when Zach Wilson's gone. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I don't know. If it, I wonder if Dax Mills an interesting one just because like I don't think it gets better than this season for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because. I, I mean, I'd, just, ex- well, I'd well, expect go him pro to come and out. then just sign undrafted with the go pro and just sign undrafted with who, wherever Zach Wilson signs. That, I, honestly, I I think that's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> Or, or they take him in the seventh or something, um, just, just to appease Zach, yeah. Okay, probably, you said Cole Turner was your favorite player probably from that first week of bowl games, right? Yes, he, he is my favorite. My favorite was also a Turner named Calvin of Hawaii. Yeah, I knew it. Who uh, transferred from, what was it, uh, Jacksonville State or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Go Dolphins, it, uh, I think. Uh, they folded this year and, and uh, last year, and he ends up at Hawaii for his senior season this season. Uh, a running back receiver, kind of hybrid chess piece. Ends up 18 touches, 252 total yards, uh, a receiving touchdown, and a 92-yard kick return touchdown against Houston for Hawaii to pull the upset off. Um Finished his season with 877 yards from scrimmage, 9.4 a touch, 10 total touchdowns, plus his kick return touchdown. Uh, I think he's a guy, they kept talking about it on the broadcast too, a guy who probably takes advantage of that super senior yeah. and goes back to Hawaii because obviously he only played nine games in the F- FBS. But he looks like he could be one of the most dynamic G5 playmakers in the country next year just with his combination of uh, burst and yak ability, and he's well built guy. He's like six one one ninety five is what they have listed at. I fell in love with him as a potential NFL um, kind of satellite back, mm-hmm. slot motion, jet motion type guy, return man. I no. thought he was so fun to watch in this game. Yeah, he was my second top guy shooting with the board, and definitely, definitely so much fun. And yeah, next year, 2,000 yards total, and he's going to win the, the Horning Award. You already said it. I'm pretty sure you just said that. So, um, no, he was he was so much fun, man. And, like, yeah, I think that role that you just laid out there is kind of perfect for him. And um, it, it would make it would make a lot of sense as a guy, who, you know, who kind of just got one year or, yeah, only got one year in uh, in the FBS to, to go back and kind of, 
No, see, this is where it's kind of nice to have that super seniors because a guy like him maybe gets lost in the shuffle, but if he goes back and puts up even bigger numbers at Hawaii, uh, he's got a shot to be drafted next year. And sticking, you mentioned Cameron Peoples earlier. Let's talk about him now. Yeah. He, against North Texas, he ran for 319 yards and five touchdowns. And App State has a history of putting backs in the league. He could be next. He's obviously only a Richard sophomore, probably not going pro. But he, I mean, he's a probably one of the top five G5 playmakers maybe to watch next year. Uh, kind of a long, lean build, big, long strider. But he had a couple games down the stretch there for App State where he just kind of was the guy. Yeah, it, it, it was a monster, monster performance. Yeah, well, he's 6'2", 210. And he's an upright runner, and they so the broadcast in like the first couple minutes, uh, they comped him to Eric Dickerson for being an upright runner, and then Derrick Henry for being just a a bell cow, and then and then you know like you said he had over three hundred yards and he was an absolute beast in this game, and then Marty called him later Darren McFadden, so he's he's one of those three backs. I, honestly, 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 McFadden feels like like two kids, the other two are insane to say. McFadden is an interesting one just because of the build. <laughs> yeah. And I that agree. like kind of explosive upright style. I mean, pairing him to the best one of the best running backs in the NFL right now, one of the best running backs of all time is crazy, but uh, I, the Darren McFadden one's kind of catches my eye a little I bit. I know. I didn't hate that. And hey, Marty Marty had the field level view and he basically birthed up that bowl game. So uh, he knocked this one out. And, yeah, I don't know, man. Cameron Peoples was just an absolute piece. And you know what? This crossed my mind when I was watching the game. And it might be – I might be off here. But, like, in this running back class, it's not not that strong. And after this performance, maybe he comes out and just capitalizes on this amazing stretch and says, hey, I'm 6'2", 210, and I, I gallop like a horse, and they're copying me to these guys. And I just put uh, together a couple amazing games. And I don't have too much tread on my tire. Maybe, maybe that kind of uh, works for works in Cameron people's favor, or he goes back and just dominates. Uh, I the Sun Belt. So it, it, it's a win-win here for Peoples, I think. Uh, I will never love the idea of a redshirt sophomore capitalizing off of one big bowl performance going pro. That just fe- feels risky. Yeah. Um, but I do think he could be one of the the better backs uh, in the country next season. Definitely. I, um, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. I finished. I finished my shooting up the board with two Coastal Carolina pass catchers. Uh, Isaiah Likely, the tight end, who we've talked about a couple times, five catches, eighty-four yards, and touchdown against Liberty. And and Javon, I I'm not sure I'm going to say his last name right. Javon Highline. I think so. Highline? I think so. Uh, Thirteen catches, one hundred seventy-eight yards against Liberty. You talked about Grayson McCall off the top. Um, and I, I, I mean, he, he played well enough to win that game, uh, outside of one horrific interception, but these were the kind of the go-to guys, uh, the touchdown pass to, um, likely on the, on the triple option play action, which I loved, uh, he, they lined him up out wide. He got a one, one-on-one with the corner and just used his size to leverage him. That, that. I think Isaiah Likely is a really interesting move tight end at the next level. And then, I mean, Hawaii, if that's how you say it, uh, it, he almost had 1,000 yards this year, and he'll be back next year. 
Coastal's not going anywhere. I definitely agree. And, uh, hey, Likely's caught my eye many times this season. And, uh, yeah, like in that that H-back type of role, I think he fits that perfectly. And, um, yeah, I I don't know if if he's going to get drafted, but I I think he's got a shot to. Um, I'll I'll mention a couple. He's he's a – He's he's only a junior. yeah like I I don't like there's a zero zero chance he comes out but yeah no I another big year and he had a, he had a big year and they used him so well like they designed a lot of just getting him down the seam throws and and out in space and that, they used him very well and yeah another year and and if he puts up another big year uh, with McCall back and that staff still intact uh, yeah definitely definitely another big year uh, I'll throw a couple of quick hitters I mentioned a Richard sophomore who I. Uh, I put here uh, Hassan Hippolyte, the the Houston safety, who's a Colorado transfer, uh, had ten tackles in the past defense. I thought he just like looked really good. Interesting guy, had some nice run fills. Um, he's 5'11", 205, Came up and had a nice thump on a fourth uh, fourth and short stop against Hawaii. Plus his name is awesome, and his uncle's a uh, former safety, Mark Roman, who if you remember him from the Niners days, that's like the only time I saw him. Uh, LSU guy. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned how about, how about the ULL running backs who you know had a lot of hype coming into the year, and I thought they both looked pretty great against uh, UTSA. Uh, Elijah Mitchell had almost 130 yards and a touchdown, and 45 yards receiving. And uh, Trey Regas had almost 100 yards and a touchdown himself. Gonna be gonna be interesting to see what what all shuffles out with with them. It's kind of tough to do sliding down the <laughs> board know. with some smaller school guys. Uh, I'm uh, I figured you'd feel the same way. I. I don't have like a dense list or necessarily a list full of like top tier guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with Jalen Robinson though, the UCF wide receiver, just because. And I know you'll remember this. That drop that would have been a touchdown felt so impactful in that game. Yeah, that was that was absolutely brutal. And no, that like it was definitely at the point where you know BYU was already starting to take control of the game, and then that one was like the backbreaker and like okay, this game is over. mm Hmm. And it, it feels like if he had caught that and scored, it been, yeah, it would life, life for them. It would have just felt so, yeah. And, and like outside of that, it wasn't a t- like he had forty four yards in a touchdown. But he's been really great for them this year. And he kind of he was an Oklahoma transfer who became that go to deep threat for them uh, to complement Marlon Williams as like kind of the power forward yak guy. And him and Dylan Gabriel, I think, have a chance to be one of the best pass-catching duos in the country next season. Just he He's a smaller dude, but so fast and explosive. Had nearly 1,000 yards this year, and um, this was one of his worst games of the year, and that drop really, really I, stood out. I, my list was, like, really UCF guys. I, I know Dylan Gabriel's not eligible, but that was such a stinky performance from him and easily the worst of, of his career probably. Uh, but no, I, I put the, the 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 running backs for UCF, McRae and Anderson, who like had seventy yards each, but just didn't feel very impactful. And and like I remember, I, I was a big Greg McRae fan, and there's some Otis Anderson fan. It's not mm-hmm. again it, this week. There's there's yeah, it's know, a, it's not like these these are these are guys who are going to be top one hundred picks who play poorly. It's more these are. Guys who should be in the NFL. Well, Jalen Robinson has a chance to be yeah. a legit draft pick next year. But, um, like, with with these UCF running backs, these are two guys who will, whether they're drafted or not, will be in a – Yeah, definitely. Team. And I just uh, I just thought they, it wasn't a great performance. And, yeah, like, just, it's so hard to – like, UCF was just so bad top to bottom. Like, there was not really anyone that showed up for them. And it's just they're, – they're, I guess they're the easiest team to pick on. And, yeah, I was a big Greg McRae fan uh, for a couple of years running now, to be honest. Um, 
Like I, I still like him, but he's so small, and um, yeah, I don't know, just, just not, not the same. Like I, I guess this was the best defense they faced, and he needed a performance, and he just didn't provide. I will stick at running back with a guy who similarly, it wasn't like a horrific game or anything. It just he didn't really have much of an impact. Is CJ Marable the coastal? That Carolina was that's my back. next guy who who just declared too as well. And yeah, forty three yards and and a catch for six yards. No, definitely and like like yeah. So this is a good one to talk about because he is going pro and um, I don't know. There 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 was some hype at some points for him and yeah. I, I like. Like I I, I yeah. enjoy watching him, um, and I think you can see, like, him as a satellite back in mm-hmm. the NFL, like, um, with with his pass catching upside, and he's been one of the most productive G five backs over the last like two or three years. It just felt like they didn't even yeah. try. Like after, like, they they didn't even try to get him going, and when they did, it, it's only on that those outside runs. He he didn't he couldn't really create anything inside. And obviously in that spread trip, like triple option heavy offense, um, it's a lot of getting the pitch from McCall in space and yeah. making a play. Uh, but Liber- when Liberty's selling out to like keep everything contained, he we he became basically a yeah, you know exactly. Those were really my only guys. Did do you have do you have more guys? I, okay, I got two, uh, two two edge rushers, Teron Jackson. I didn't think had that like had the game he needed to have yep. against Liberty. Um he got a, a bit of pressure, but Malik Willis just turned to his legs and made a play and Jackson didn't have the yeah. athleticism to, to make a play on Willis in the pocket. Uh I, I, I he just he again that defensive line's done so much for Coastal Carolina this year and it just felt like they were not able to keep Willis contained whatsoever. Um and then I think maybe like kind of the biggest in, in terms of where I've seen him slated on on a particular draft board versus how I've seen him play is hey, I have him for overhyped, so that's why I was saving him. <laughs> I, I I put him and Teron Jackson for overhyped, but yep. more so Malone because I had like Dame Brugler had Malone as a top fifty player exactly. at one point, and when I watched him like his tape, I didn't see that I could. see maybe like like just with the athletic traits in, in the production why someone might think that uh, but then like you watch this game and he was just if if I didn't like you wouldn't if I was sitting with someone who doesn't watch college football I was like that guy's a top 100 pick yes. in the NFL there, there's no way that like they wouldn't believe you because he just was uh, he didn't stand out whatsoever against Georgia State I don't know. I like. I think he's an interesting day three guy, but t- top one hundred, top fifty. That's crazy. And if like he had six sacks this year uh, in eleven games, and four of them came uh, in, in a two game span against FAU and Southern Miss. Uh, and I don't know. I just he, he's maybe a in, like if he blows up the combine, maybe a fourth round guy. But I don't even. No, see I that. I one hundred percent agree with you, and I pretty much wrote the exact same thing. And yeah, the top fifty thing is kind of nuts. And like, like, yeah, like it wasn't a bad game, but it wasn't this guy is a day two pick at all game. Exactly. Um, exactly. So yeah, like I, I, I think he's draftable, and like you said, if if the if the testing goes well, I could see him being like a fourth round guy like that. But uh, <clears throat> no, uh, definitely. He's also yeah, real no, thin. Not, not he's not the biggest dude. Um, yeah, this this just a very overhyped 
overhyped guy. And um, I agree with you about Taron Jackson too. I had him here a, a couple of weeks ago, and last well, week, yeah. I think see, even. there you go. And um, yeah, I that that the defense. I mean, yeah. Well, let, let's move on. No, I I totally agree with you. I I just think with both both those guys in particular, like when you're supposed to be the the NFL alpha yeah. dog on the defense, and you just not even like you just disappear against and it's not like they were playing power yeah, five no, exactly like um i don't know like i can't think of a, an offensive lineman from either team so there you go oh you're not hip with a, liberty's five nfl <laughs> offensive yeah. linemen uh okay out of nowhere prospect what you know you, I, you know i'm gonna do this twice here but i i went with appalachian state's backup running back marcus williams who's 5'10", 2'10", so he's kind of well-built, had some nice burst. Uh, like, Peoples was obviously the star, but uh, he, he had 100 yards himself on only six carries and a touchdown. Pretty sure he had another long touchdown call back, too. Uh, he's a senior. I don't know if he's coming back, but uh, he's been stuck between, behind Darrington Evans and now Peoples. But he's had 500 yards or better every single season, all four years there at, uh, at App State. So kind of like like a super sleeper dude, but uh, kind of that's why I put him out of nowhere because he's the deepest guy, the deepest cut on the show. <laughs> it's kind of crazy that he has over two thousand rushing yards in his career, yeah, I know. but he's never actually. I know, but that, that just goes to show how a good Darrington Evans was, and b just how how great that program is at App State. He is fifth all time in App State's career <laughs> rushing yards. That's so weird to think about. <laughs> hey, yeah, that's uh, this is my uh. I haven't, obviously haven't dug in at all, but I think he's, he might be an interesting super, super sleeper guy. Um, Cameron Peoples is already 10th on the list. Um, I put three. I didn't know how to label them. I guess I labeled them overhang defenders, but they all three of them kind of play nickel, safety, some, some linebacker. Um, three guys who just were ultra awesome to to watch in their bowl games uh hawaii's Corey bethley marshall's N- nazi johnson and liberty's javon scruggs bethley 14 tackles three tfls two sacks a pass breakup against houston nazi johnson 11 tackles and a pick against buffalo and javon scruggs eight tackles and a pick against coastal carolina all three of them i thought played out of this world every i swear nazi johnson made every tackle against buffalo <laughs> Uh, and then Bethley was just laying people out against Houston. I love Corey Bethley. That's a guy who, like, uh, I, I've written his name down to find some Hawaii tape and watch this guy because special teams upside, baby. And then Javon Scruggs, they, I mean, they called him an alpha wolf in the game, so that got me all jazzed up. Uh, but, I mean, he had the pickoff Grayson McCall, that terrible throw. Um, and he he was a, a big part of containing that. Uh, I've mentioned off. Javon Scruggs uh, one time on the show this year too. He's a uh, like I said, he, I think he's he's an all time great uh, quarterback for for Virginia High School, if I remember correctly. Um, and yeah, he, he's been pretty great there at safety this year. Um, he's he's someone to watch, and he's like, if you look at any Liberty game, he, he's racking up close to ten tackles. And if you watch the game, he's all over yeah. the field for them. And Marshall, like I, I think you know Be- Beckett wasn't playing. Who's there? usual 15 tackle guys so yeah the, that hole to rack up tackles was there and uh and uh yeah he capitalized <laughs> uh okay prospecting made me look stupid you already mentioned him so i'm just gonna jump on him elijah mitchell 
A guy who I was yeah. low on, I think, just compared to the consensus over yeah. the summer. Um, he's just been like steady Eddie all season for Louisiana. Him, obviously, last year it, they they had uh, Raymond Clayus get drafted. This year, Mitchell and Trey Regis are back, and they have Chris Smith, the third string. And just Billy Napier just churning out running backs. And he was awesome against UTSA. It wasn't anything necessary. Like, it wasn't like he was ripping off huge home runs. It, was, yeah. it just felt like every time he touched the ball, it was like 7, yep. 8, 10, 7, 8, 10. And just one cut and hit it. Tough runner. Um, he looks like he's, he's going to be an interesting uh, kind yep. of RB2. Yeah, no, I is. totally agree. And, you know, you, you don't take him until day three. But uh, you take him for a team that you know you got a good running back and you you you, you need an RB two. No, I like I like Mitchell. Uh, yeah, I didn't have anyone clear, but for the word play and uh, to go opposite, a guy who I liked in the summer, uh, Jared Smart, the Hawaii wide receiver. He just hasn't really done much this year after transferring there, and you know he could probably go back. But uh, yeah, I don't know. And like like especially with with Turner just blowing it up and being the stud there, it just felt like Jared Smart wasn't even on the field. That's it. That I was thinking about that while watching that game. I I just kept thinking like this. He was a junior college transfer. Um, he's actually he's from the school that Last Chance U did this year, um, and he just it felt like such a casualty of them not <laughs> running the yeah, running shoot. That's a that's a good point. Um, for best prospect versus prospect matchup, I didn't know where to put him, so I put him here. I put Malik Willis's arm versus legs here. <laughs> I put yeah, I put Malik Willis versus the Black Swarm too. Uh, just because obviously the reason they won that game was because I mean you said it to me during the game. You should, like Malik Willis is a horse just because it felt like he was. It wasn't just like big splashy outside runs. Yeah. He was doing tough inside running for that offense, carrying that team. Uh, ran for 137 yards and four touchdowns, but. Had the lost fumble, threw two interceptions. His accuracy was pretty sporadic. Um, he's obviously, I think, going back to Liberty. <laughs> but Auburn transfer, one more year with Hugh Freeze. Then Hugh Freeze becomes Tennessee's head coach. Malik Willis goes to the NFL. Uh, I, I If he can clean up some of his accuracy stuff, he's such a dynamic playmaker. He's got the arm, like, arm strength. It's just he misses high uh, or wide too frequently, mm-hmm. and that's he threw some bad interceptions in, uh, against Coastal. But again, because of his legs, yeah, they like won he, he looks like a like a draftable running back who also could be a draftable quarterback. So like that's yeah, man, he's just shedding tackles consistently. Like I don't know, like you know, uh, he he when you when you when he was running the ball, he legit looked like a running back and just getting out there and galloping and. Um, yeah, so I, that's why I kind of didn't know where to put him either. And, and for the coastal defense, uh, you kind of we talked about him already with it when you're talking Terry Jackson. They they didn't look great. They looked pretty outmatched. Um, yeah, just that that defensive line that's been so great this year kind of just uh, fizzled out a bit in this one. And nothing wrong with that. I mean, I mean it sucks, but what a, what a fantastic year for coastal. My prospect who played the box score is Stefan Gilmore's brother, Stephen Gilmore who broke up three passes against Buffalo, but I felt like he outplayed the box score because Marshall lost 17-10, uh, and it kind of overshadowed how great I thought Stephen Gilmore was in this game. Yeah, and I, I mean, Ventrese wasn't great. No, that's that's a good pick. Um, he and He's just a junior. Uh, he, he was f- uh, one of their best playmakers last year on defense. 
the best playmaker. Him and Nazi Johnson are the two best defensive players on this team, I think. Uh, and, and Marshall looks like they're poised to be good again next year. Doc Halley's contract's oh. up, so hopefully he's back. But, um, yeah, Stephen Gilmore looks like has an NFL future. Like uh, Doc's not going anywhere, baby. Don't worry. Doc's a lock. Um Hey, you know, I put one of my favorites to put out, play the box screen. He's uh, this was a big, quiet bounce back game for Tonga, the the BYU knows who I thought it was like a pretty classic, solid Tonga game. You know, he controlled the middle. Uh, UCF really not not too much success running inside, was, and they don't run inside too much, anyways. But um, even then, it was just controlling the middle against the run, uh, eating up the gaps there, uh, pushed the pocket a bit. Uh, he had a hurry, uh, batted down a pass, which he's always really good at. And he's kind of been slipping a bit the last, I don't know, four, four, three, four games hasn't been as good. And this, I thought it was just quietly a nice bounce back game. And I, I still like Tonga. I don't know where he's going to go. Um, but if, if you need a nose and it's it's day three, I, I like to bring him in. Uh, I already mentioned my two overhyped are Malone. And I, I said mine was Malone too. I thought that was just the clear cut easiest overhyped. Yeah. yeah, big time. Uh, although all these guys are small school guys, do you have anybody for small yeah, school guys? Yeah, because my, my trend of the show is going to the backup running back. So I went to Toa Tawa's backup, Devontae Lee, who's 5'9", 235, fucking bowling ball. I love I love this Wolfpack team. I, I, hey, I, I, that's why I'm kind of glad we went here because we had to finish our, our superlatives going back to the Wolfpack. 105 yards himself. I love him. I love both of these backs, and they're they're kind of a perfect complement. And this Nevada team's awesome. I love Carson Strong. Uh, Dubes is sick. Uh, t- we got the the tight end Tanner man, like I I or Turner, sorry. Um, I I love this offense, and I hope they're all back next year and just rolling. And I want to see them get to a, a a January bowl game. I put Georgia Southern quarterback Shea Wirtz down because I think he is one of the best triple option quarterbacks. In I, I saw your tweet, and I agree with and- you. He doesn't get the appreciation for it. No, and like Georgia Southern's been great uh, with him as QB under Chad Lonsford, and I mean, he he's he's been like a three four year yep. three, four year starter now, and I I kind of hope he supersedes yeah. it, um, but for his career over three thousand rushing yards, over three thousand passing yards, sixty eight total touchdowns. And I, every time I watch, I, I like love watching the triple option, and he is so dynamic. At for like, not every triple option quarterback can be is necessarily dynamic or confident yeah. as a passer. He's a competent triple option I, passer. He, he, I, um, I can't think of a better triple option passer in recent memory. And they were without their top two uh, running backs uh, yeah. in the bowl game against Louisiana Tech, and he just. He he ran for three touchdowns, threw for a touchdown, and uh, I, I was just the catalyst for Georgia Southern being a a, a very a, a program no one really wants. Yeah, that's to play. a good point. I, I definitely agree. I hope he goes back there next year, and I hope if he when he comes out, I hope he gets a camp look uh, as probably not a quarterback, obviously, but as a running back, I hope he gets a look. Yeah, he's well built. Five yeah. eleven. No, I think five. he will get a look, and uh, hey, we we've seen Jerick McKinnon come out of there, so. And you know what else, AJ, we see? Uh, manscaping stuff. Support <laughs> for Seven Rounds in Heaven is presented by Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and helping 2 million men all over the world get rid of hair on their balls. 
if you let yourself go in 2020 while in quarantine, Manscaped is here for you to reboot and stay clean and shaped in 2021. Manscaped is here to give you a fresh start this year with their Perfect Package 3.0 that has all the right tools for the job. Coming out of quarantine with clean balls, you will be thanking... Oh, I read this wrong. Come out of quarantine with clean balls, thanks to the Lawnmower 3.0. Uh, this waterproof and skin-safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends. The third-generation trimmer even has a light to give you the glow-up you need in 2021. It's also time to freshen up down there this new year with the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting it on the most smelly part of your body? And for the on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. 2020 was awful, so make sure your boys are refreshed and ready for new beginnings in 2021. Manscaped, even through their shed travel bag, keep all your goodies in, stored comfortably, you won't lose them. Speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and are hands down the best underwear you will ever wear. A guy with hairy balls is like the year 2020. Don't be that guy. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. You know what else your balls will thank you for? All that money you're going to make at yeah, Bet Online using promo code armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. We have like 16 bowl games left. Bet everything on all of them responsibly. Uh, and we have the NFL playoffs almost here. The NBA and college basketball are happening. I, uh, AJ's hockey starting uh, soon. Yeah, Jan Samad. <laughs> Can you bet on the World Juniors? Uh, I feel like that's immoral. I think so too, especially after what Canada <laughs> exactly. did to Germany. <laughs> but, hey, we've got my five picks of the week. And AJ's one short of a six-pack, but we're picking all the rest of the bowl (laughs) games because who cares. Um, And and it'll really make or break break our our season finishing records. Uh, So let's jump right into it. Tuesday, Cheese at Bowl, 530 ESPN, number 21, Oklahoma State. Uh, Two and a half point favorites against number 18, Miami. I will be taking the Hurricanes. I am too. Hey, Derek King is going back. Uh, like the, the, most of their guys are playing in this game. Um, I, th- I like I like Miami. This this will would have been made my uh my one short of a six pack picks, and I, I would have went. I also I I hate Mike Gundy. So <laughs> he's a man, Rob. He's forty. Now he's fifty. Uh, also on Tuesday, the Valero Alamo Bowl, nine p.m. ESPN, number twenty, Texas, ten point favorites against Colorado. Uh, despite a bunch of guys on Texas not playing this game, I will be taking Colorado. I'm also taking the Buffs. That's too many points. I mean, I think Texas. I don't know. I don't even know if I think Texas wins. Colorado might win this one uh, outright. Colorado's Colorado's playing for pride. Texas is. I don't know what they're playing for. <laughs> they're playing for the Alamo Bowl. I don't know. They got nothing. AJ's AJ's favorite bowl Wednesday Duke's Mayo Bowl 12 p.m. ESPN Wake Forest. Against Wisconsin, the Badgers, seven-point favorites. I will be taking the Demon Deacons. Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to take Wisconsin just to go the opposite, but I don't like that this game's in North Carolina. Uh, what would you say, seven, yep. seven and a half? Seven, seven flat. flat. Okay, I'll take Wisconsin. Uh, they win by ten. 
I'm taking Wake because you know I have a long history of cheering for Sam Hartman. <laughs> That's a good point. Graham, Graham Mertz bounced back in. Uh, also Wednesday, the Goodyear Cotton Bowl, 8 p.m., ESPN. Number seven, Florida, two-and-a-half-point dogs to number six, I, Oklahoma. I'm taking the Sooners. Uh, their defense has been playing so much better under Alex Grinch mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks. Uh, Spencer Rattler and that offense have found their rhythm. Florida's lost all their playmakers. Kyle Trask. Yeah, this is such a big game for Kyle Trask. And, hey, I'm sure we'll be talking about that matchup big time next week. Thursday, Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, 12 p.m. ESPN, number 24, Tulsa, two-and-a-half-point favorites against Mississippi State. Tulsa playing without Zayvon Collins, but I'm still Me too. Hey, Mississippi State should not be in a bowl game. Uh, it, it, I wish David Collins was playing because then it gives us a reason to watch. But alas, uh, Tulsa's, Tulsa's still going to beat him. Tulsa's defense is too good. And it's kind of disrespectful. The air raid hasn't, the air raid hasn't worked that well for the Bulldogs. Um, the Offer Pad Arizona Bowl, 2 p.m. CBS. Whoa. Two conference yeah. champions. Ball State. Seven and a half point dogs at number 22 San Jose State. I am going to take uh, our Spartans to cover that seven and a half, seven and a half point spread. But I, I, I don't I don't know. I feel that this Ball State chirp chirp squad is is, uh, is scrappy. And I, I, I don't be surprised if they hang around. But I'm going to take San Jose State to cover that points. Lots of good playmakers on yeah, both sides. That's a good point. I, I'm taking – I mean, Nick Starkle's not going to end his career that's with a, good, a loss. Hey, it might not even be the end of his career, so <laughs> – if anyone should take advantage of being a super senior, it's 100%. He, he will be the most super of all the seniors. The AutoZone Liberty Bowl, 4 p.m. ESPN. West Virginia's playing Army. Army got into a bowl. Um, but West Virginia's seven-point favorites. I'm taking Army I am too, man. They, they, they fought hard to get into this game. Uh, West Virginia, Neil Brown had, the, had respected the troops enough to accept the invite. Uh, but no, I hey, give me give me the seven points, man. The army's army's never easy to play. Final bowl on Thursday, the Mercari Texas Bowl, eight p.m. ESPN, Arkansas TCU, TCU four and a half point favorites. I'll be taking TCU. Go Horn Frogs. Uh, I I don't know. This is the weirdest matchup of all the bowls. Uh, so ju- what's Mercari? I, I googled it when you mentioned it before. I think they're a shopping app. I don't even know. I. Downloading it. You know who loves the shop? Felipe Franks. Give me the give me the pig suey plus four and a half, baby. A Japanese e-commerce company founded in February 2013 and currently operating in Japan. I guess it's like Rakuten, which I also don't understand what it is, but I don't know. Uh Gary Patterson doesn't care what it is because he's coming out to win. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um actually I I haven't heard whether or not like Trevon Morig and Ardarius Washington are uh, playing in this game. I'm just gonna assume they are. That's why I'm taking. It's a the good cross. point. It, hey, maybe this will be entertaining. It, it might not be that bad of a ball game. I don't know. It's a weird one, but maybe it'll be entertaining. I no, I I enjoy both teams. <laughs> it's kind of a perfect Big Twelve SEC matchup. Yes, yes, big time. Agree. In Texas, hell yeah. Friday, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, 12 p.m. ESPN, number nine, Georgia, against number eight, Cincinnati. Bulldogs are seven-point okay, favorites. You, you know who we're picking. And if you don't pick the the Bearcats with me, you're doing this wrong. 
I I I love the G five and I hate Georgia <laughs> so much because they don't like not not generally but just because they do not deserve to be a top ten team. Bearcats roll them. Go Luke Fickle. That's a Buckeye. <laughs> yeah, I hey Bearcats. Th- th- there's no way the Cincinnati Bearcats don't cover this spread. That's all I'll say. Verbo Citrus Bowl, 1 p.m., ABC, Auburn against number 14, Northwestern. Wildcats, three-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm taking yeah, that Yeah, I all mean, day. conference pride, go Wildcats. That's all I got to say. Auburn doesn't really have a coach right now. Uh, Northwestern's defense is sick. Bonix not sick. Done. Easy. Okay, the two playoff games. Rose Bowl, 4 p.m., ESPN, number four, Notre Dame, 19-point dogs to number one, Alabama. <laughs> Uh, I'm keeping this simple, and I'm taking the tide to roll. Uh, I, I hope Notre Dame can hang around just for the fun of it, even though I hate them. Um, it's it's a win-win. Either, either Notre Dame hang ar- hangs around and makes it a fun game for me, or uh, Alabama rolls them, and I'm happy either way. Uh, I just don't think Notre Dame has the, 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 the dogs at that, corner that to hang with the Bama receivers, like Kyle Hamilton is phenomenal, Jock's phenomenal, but those guys aren't covering. Yeah, the and, and like the front four, um, very very good group for Notre Dame. They'll have to, like they'll have to be special t- for Notre Dame to be in this game. And I I like them, and I think they're day three guys. Um, but I I don't think they're uh they're going to dominate like they have to. And you're right with the other side of it. Like, Notre Dame is built – their offense has been built around great offensive line play, Carmen Williams being a, yeah. a stud, and Ian Book using his legs to make up for their lack of consistent big plays passing. Like, Ben Skoronek is their number one wide receiver. He's going to the senior bowl. He's might not be drafted. Like, I just – like, is he going to beat Patrick Sertain? I don't really think so. Like, I, I'm sure – Kyron Williams will be able to to pop one every so often, but ultimately, like Ian Book's not going to win a shootout. No, I don't. exactly. Like everything will have to break right uh, for Notre Dame to be in this game, and like Ian Book will have to have his best game of all time, and he already did that against Clemson, so it's not happening again. Correct, correct. Uh, and then the other playoff game, the All-State Sugar Bowl, eight p.m. ESPN. Uh, number three, Ohio State, seven and a half point dogs. Number two, Clemson. Uh. This obviously much wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> this game's way more interesting. Uh, I'm taking the Tigers minus the points. I have I to take the do. Buckeyes. It's okay. Um, it's the revenge game. It's the only game that matters I mean, to Ohio State. They don't even care if they'll, they'll win the game. They don't, who cares if they get blown out the net next week? Who cares? Rob, it was revenge game? last time and, and it didn't happen either. But um, <laughs> Yeah, because the rest. Oh, here we them. go. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sean Wade got ejected too. That was craziness. Sean Wade's gonna have the game of his life. Trevor Lawrence is. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is looking at how much condos cost in Jacksonville. <laughs> He's too good. He's too good. He wants to leave uh, Clemson as a champ. Um, hey, this Saturday. Justin Fields, though. Yeah, no, for real. Uh, and we will break down how those guys play. Um, not the next show, but the show after uh, Saturday. The, you, don't you just – the four bowl games that come after the two playoff games, I always feel like – especially the ones that are not – They like, feel weird. Uh, Saturday, Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, 12 p.m. ESPN, number 23, NC State. Uh, two-point dogs to Kentucky. I'm taking Yeah, me too. I don't know. They're, they're, they're ranked. They're getting points. Give me the Wolfpack. 
the Wolfpack have, I mean, Aline McNeil's not playing, but, like, they've played stout defense They beat Liberty. Year. They've got a run game. They beat Liberty. Uh, in, in Kentucky, fired their OC. They're, they've been very sporadic. I don't know. What, what what used to be always the last bowl game for some reason like the GMAC bowl? <laughs> yeah, it was it's the GMAC bowl and it was just terrible. Uh, okay, twelve thirty ABC Outback Bowl Ole Miss against number eleven Indiana who got fucked out of playing in yeah. a good bowl game. Uh, who's your six and a half point favorites? They're gonna be playing angry. This is a good game. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go the. Uh, it is a good game. I'm gonna go the other way and say that they're gonna be playing like. I don't know. Maybe not. I, I don't know who to take. Who, which, which way are you going? I'm taking the Hoosiers because Conference Pride, Tom Allen, I think, could be playing in the fucking Duke's Mayo Bowl. And have That's a good point. Up. I know. That's what kind of crossed my mind. Is, uh, just just to go opposite, and I don't want to go against Conference Pride, but I'll, I'll take Ole Miss because they're, they're fun, and that's the only reason. Yeah, I mean, we like both these teams, so I'm glad it's yeah, a matchup. Uh, PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, 4 p.m. ESPN, number 20, 25, Oregon. Four-point favorites? Or four-point dogs. Dogs, yeah. Do I have this written? Dogs, yeah. Okay, four-point dogs is number 10, Iowa State. I am taking I could tell by the way you said it. Um, this one's tough, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going to take the – no, no, no. To, to make up games, I'm going to take Iowa State minus the points. To make up games on you. I I I I lean the ducks because they feel pretty um, hungry right now for some reason. Yeah, I think they were the most talented team in the Pac-12, and they just fucked up. And they also got hit hard with opt-outs, harder than a lot of teams. And now they've kind of found themselves versus Iowa State. Although it's the best season in team history, it like feels disappointing. Yeah, that they're playing if this was seven points, I would lock in the Ducks. But uh, to, to keep it four I'll, and to be different, I'll, I'll go with the, the Cyclones. And then finally, the Capital One Orange Bowl, 8 p.m. ESPN. Number five, Texas A&M, seven-point favorites against number 13, North Carolina, who yeah. is without like yeah. every good nonsense. Yeah, that's why this one hurt. Like, I would... I, we we love the Tar Heels. We love this team this year. Um, uh, it hurts me to pick Texas A&M, but we like Texas A&M too. And but the seven points they were in my original one short of a six pack. I actually like Texas A&M to to really come out and cover the spread because you know everyone is sitting out for UNC except for Sam Howell. Yeah, that it just feels like it matters. I don't want to say it, it just does feel like it matters more for Texas A&M because North Carolina's got their best players all opting out and like. Most yeah. of Texas A&M's best players are going to be back next year, or they're Kellen Mond who wants to go out. Uh, yeah, it's kind of funny that like UNC ended up getting to the Orange Bowl, but it feels like I don't know, like it, it doesn't feel like their season was enough. But also, like this, this is a good result. It, it's got a kind of funny vibe for the Tar Heels, and yeah, like you said, like I think it's more of like a program, not builder, but continuing to build and be a real threat in the SEC next year for Texas A&M, and they're going to want to come out and uh, show what they got. And that's it. That's it. That's all the bowls, and then we're done. And then it's full-on NFL draft only. So uh, listen. Oh, wait. No, we got the championship game still. But listen next week when we're talking about how Ohio State beat Clemson.